0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Educational Podcasting Today, episode number 37. Today, we're going to be talking about your podcast and how you should be automating, well most of it. Today we're going to be talking to an amazing educator and podcaster Dan Krinas from the Leader of Learning podcast and we're going to be talking not only about his great show but some of the things that he's doing with social media that's pretty, pretty innovative. Before we get to our interview with Dan, of course there's several great things that you can do if you're interested in taking your podcast to the next level. You can of course contact us on Twitter at podcasting today. Leave us a voice message over at teachercast.net slash voicemail and of course email us over at feedback at teachercast.net and as of course we get through our 2019 year here we want to remind you guys that we just opened up a brand new channel to help you guys learn how to make a podcast visit podcastingwithstudents.com today that's podcastingwithstudents.com today we've got some great resources on curriculum writing equipment app reviews everything that you're looking for for classroom podcasting visit podcasting with students today and, of course, I want to bring on our guest for the day, Dan Krynas. How are you today? Welcome to the show.
1: Man, thanks for having me, Jeff. Uh, you know, we, we've we seen each other in person, and I've heard you speak before. But hearing that intro and you announcing, I am Jeff Bradbury, I, I, something about that just really gets me going. So I appreciate you having me. Thank you for all you do. And just thanks uh,
0: for, for letting me come on and give me give me some time. It is so nice to have you on. I think this is like the 15th or 17th time we've tried to make it happen over the couple of years. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You are a Connecticut slash New York educator now.
1: That's right. Yeah. So uh, I live in Connecticut, but I just made the move to a new district back in New York. Uh, I took an educational administrative role. It's kind of a weird title. I am now called an academic standards facilitator. The easiest way that I could introduce myself and explain to people what I do is it's really assistant principal of instruction. So there are aspects of the traditional assistant principal role that I don't necessarily have to deal with, like student behavior and discipline. But I do have lots of responsibilities when it comes to maintaining the academic standards, hence the the title.
0: Now, all of this is really helping you create your podcast, or is it the other way around, right? You are the host of the Leader of Learning podcast. Tell us a little bit bit about the show, and how would you get started podcasting?
1: Yeah, you know... I've heard other people say this, and so it's not necessarily a unique story. But basically, um, I, I got interested in creating content in general, and and I'm a pretty good writer. But I'm also a doctoral student writing my dissertation, and I didn't want to do any more writing when it, you know when it comes to blogging and, and things like that. So I said, I think the way I need to go is creating content that is audio. I have a little bit of a background in broadcast journalism and uh, and radio production, and I just figured, why not start a podcast? And so I think I learned from the best, and um, I've I've honed my craft and improved all the time. I'm still improving, and the show is called Leader of Learning, and I'm learning all the time, and to be honest, and I know this sounds really cheesy or, I don't know, narcissistic, I'm like my biggest fan. I'm the biggest fan of my show, and, and I say that for good reason, because I do it mostly for me, it's a professional development opportunity for me. The perks are all the listeners and all the amazing guests that I get to bring on and learn from each uh, every two weeks. And, and it's been an amazing ride for a year and a half now, and it's, it's not going to end anytime soon, and I'm having a lot of fun with it.
0: Now, you just said that you learn from the best. Who do you look up to? Who do you follow? And, know, you know, what kind of podcasts are on your, your playlist?
1: Yeah, I mean, some of the the first ones that I started listening to, and, and by the way, um, I know sometimes educational podcasters say, let don't always just go to educational podcasts, but that's kind of my realm. That's my thing. I listen to a lot of them. Some of the first ones I started listening to were House of Ed Tech by Chris Nessie, um, Better Leaders, Better Schools, Danny Bauer, definitely Teacher Cast, you know, shout out to to Jeff and and everybody who's a part of that. But yeah, you know, I've, I've learned a lot along the way. And, and of course, I think that very first step that I took was really becoming a fan of podcasts, first and foremost, and then really just diving in and, and getting started. You know, Chris on the House of EdTech, he always says, just hit record, you know, just start, try
0: it out. When he talks about EdTech, just try it. And that's what I did. I, I, and I, I would certainly echo that, you know, with many podcasters, even today, you know, I, I'm, I'm working with a, a, a fellow in our school district who wants to start a show. He sits down with me a couple of weeks ago and says, I'm starting a show. And I said, great, I'd love to hear it. And then today he sits down at my desk and he says, I'm starting a second show. And I said, great, how's the first one going? And he says, I haven't recorded it yet. I said, wait a minute, you're starting your second show before you even hit record on your first show. Do you ever have times like that where you've got so many ideas for your show, you just don't know where to start? Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it's
1: a challenge, but it's a, it's a great challenge to have in order to kind of prioritize and, and manage your time wisely. Um, you know, if, if if you're like me and you do a show where you're bringing on guests every other week, um, lining them up and, and booking them in such a way where those ideas that you have are going to align with the guests you're bringing on and and where you want to head with your show. My show is a little bit all over the place. Uh, every two weeks, we're talking about some pretty different topics, but I do try and put episodes out that not only align with all those ideas, like you said, that are kicking around in my head, but um, you know what, what makes sense logically in terms of a sequence of episodes as well.
0: So a lot of times people write into us and of course anybody out there can find us over on Twitter at podcasting today and the first question they immediately want to ask is how do you put your show together? Dan, I see you got some good equipment there. Uh, what are you using these days to make your show happen?
1: So when I first started podcasting, I really wanted to sort of be that guy who was like, look, you could start with little to no money and. Um, a year and a half into it i have spent some money but i try and keep it on the cheap and and as inexpensive as possible uh so let me start with the microphone or microphones i use i have two of them i went with the samson q2u um without getting too technical what i love about this microphone is it is around 50 to 60 dollars on amazon um, and what's great about it is not only does it have the traditional XLR uh, hookup, but it also has USB. So literally you can just go right from the microphone straight into any computer, Chromebook, MacBook, anything that has a USB port and, uh, and record right into it. What I also love about the microphone was when you, when I bought it and when you buy it currently still on Amazon, uh, you can get it in a pack that comes with a cute little stand and um i think some headphones came with it stuff like that and so it's a nice little package for someone who's let's say starting out in podcasting Uh, so that's my microphone like i said i I have two of them now because i love the first one so much uh this way if i'm and i usually don't but if i am podcasting live and i have a guest right there with me we both can be using something that sounds really great Again, not getting too technical, but what I, what I enjoy about the microphone is it's a directional microphone and it picks up only what's right in front of it and so not a lot of background noise. And um, right now my kids are asleep <laughs> recording at night, but you know, if they were, let's say, uh, upstairs in my house and I'm downstairs, or if I'm in a, a place in my school that's a little noisy, it really won't pick that up.
0: Nice, a- a- any other uh, pieces of equipment that you might want to recommend?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, I, again, I, I like to go kind of simple and, and cheap as, as possible. But uh, in addition to the microphones, I, I picked up a couple of little microphone stands. Like I have a, a little desktop stand, to be honest. Uh, let me see if I can find the brand. Oh, yeah. Neewer is the brand, N-E-E-W-E-R. Uh, they have microphone stands of all size, shapes and sizes. But I went with, I think, a three-pack of Mini desktop stands. I think it ran me around $20 for three different stands. So pretty good deal. And then, um, yeah, just, I I usually kind of just run it into my Chromebook or, uh, in this case right now, the PC that I have in my house and, and I'm good to go.
0: Nice. Now your show is the leader of learning podcast. And of course we can find more information about that over at leader of com. Talk to us a little bit about the show. Um, What are some of the topics that we might find interesting when we listen to it?
1: So essentially it's a show all about leadership and, and transformational leadership, transforming education and, um, it's for it's really for people who consider themselves educational leaders, and I'll be honest with you, in my opinion, that is literally every single person who calls themselves an ed- calls themselves an educator uh, because I always say it on every show, no matter who you are or where you are, you can be a leader of learning, and so I think it's really about providing inspiration for people, no matter what their role is in education, what their title is that they know there's a role they're playing and and there's leadership involved. And so we do jump a little bit all over the place in terms of topics and guests. But really, every two weeks, uh, each episode features someone who is a leader of learning in their own right. Um, Some of my most recent episodes feature people speaking about topics ranging from equity in education, racial equity, even digital equity. Um, I'm actually bringing on a guest very soon to talk about. And I know this is a really deep and heavy topic, but I think it's really important for people who consider themselves leaders in education, um, abusive and unhealthy relationships and, and what to do when you're faced with students or other staff members, educators who, who are going through stuff like that. it's not easy to talk about, but I think it's important.
0: You know, we, we've been featuring a lot of podcasters on the show here. And especially, you know, again, we had Danny Bauer on a few weeks ago, again, a, a, an administrative type leadership podcast. Why is it important for administrators to not only have a podcast for them, but why is it important for them to listen to podcasts about being a good leader?
1: You know, I think first and foremost, uh, any educator, including administrators, need to be lifelong learners. And, you know, it's funny to say this, being only an administrator and in an administrative role for like a couple of months. But it's hard sometimes to continue learning if you don't really make it a priority. And so, like I said, in my case, I'm I'm my biggest fan. And and I mean that, you know, I think my podcast is my professional learning. One of the best ways that I know that I can keep developing myself is by doing the show. If someone doesn't have a show and they just want to listen to podcasts, that's great, too. I'm not I'm not knocking my listeners, my audience members, your audience members, because it's an amazing way to continue to get content that is. Uh, timely, you know, relevant, and just uh, really, really important to keep continuing to push education forward.
0: Now, I'm looking over here at your website again, leaderoflearning.com, and I'm noticing everything looks beautiful. The graphics are nice. Everything is uniform. You've got this branding thing going on pretty well, which is another one of those topics people keep writing in about. Talk to us a little bit about branding. What What is it really for and, and why is it important for podcasters to have some kind of a uniform brand?
1: Yeah. First, thanks uh, for the compliments on the, on the website. It's uh, definitely a passion project and something I really enjoy doing. Um, but I think definitely branding is important. You know, I I said it before. I think creating content is is important for educators, for students, everyone involved in education. And um, when you do put out content, it's important to really understand. I think, in my opinion, as it relates to branding, really three different things: why you're doing it, who you're doing it for, and what message you want to put out there. So for me. And I know, you know, I'm a big fan of other podcasts, yours included, and I know other people do this as well. They have like a, a tagline, a catchphrase, something that really um, relates to what their why is. For me, it's where educators can come find inspiration to transform education through effective leadership. It's what I say at the top of every show, and I, and I mean it. You know, that's why I do what I do. And so in terms of the branding, um, I know and everyone who listens to my show every two weeks, they know exactly what the show is about and what I'm about as the host, you know. And then in terms of the audience, who I'm targeting for me, it's educators and aspiring leaders, and maybe administrators, new administrators like myself, or people who've been doing it for a while. But really, you know, keeping it pretty general. And um, whether it's podcasting, blogging, any content creation, that branding is if you don't know who who it's for. Um, I think you're going to be a little bit lost, to be honest with you. And, and so it's just like we teach our students when they're writing. You got to know who the audience is. Uh, finally, the message. Every two weeks, I'm putting out episodes and it's different messages all the time. But consistency is really important. You know, um, having people receive those messages. So I use in terms of the branding of of my show and leader of learning website everything that goes along with it uh, i'm looking to maintain that consistency through everything like down to the logo and the graphics that i use uh whatever content is being shared including interviews with guests um, anything i do on social media of course and just in general you know how i present myself through um Interactions with my PLN, whether that be virtually or, or in person at conferences, when I see people and they know me as, "Hey, that's the the leader of learning guy," then I want to make sure that um, that I'm true to myself and true to the brands, really. And and that might sound really business like, I guess, in a way. But um, I just think if you're going to be that kind of content creator, and that you sort of have a responsibility, I, I think, to, to really stay true to that, that message.
0: So how does that start, right? Because w- when we're looking at graphics and branding, um, what, what's your graphic program of choice?
1: I really enjoy using Canva. Um, I don't even remember exactly how or when I got turned on to that, but I really enjoy using Canva. It's pretty simple to use. Uh, I do most of it on the, the web version. Uh, on either a desktop or a Chromebook, but they do have a phone app where you can make some tweaks and, and redesign things. I don't know that I would start there for designing anything, but definitely if you want to make some edits, make some changes on the fly. Uh, again, I do it on the cheap. I have a, a free version, but the, the paid version of Canva and, and I'm not being sponsored by them, but maybe Canva, if you're listening, uh, I'm, I'm plugging you pretty hard right now. Um, The paid version, they have this thing called Magic Resize and you could take, um, let's say, a a Twitter graphic that's kind of horizontal and rectangular shaped and then reshape it to like an Instagram stories uh, layout really easily. So I just I really like using that program quite a bit. Um, Other I've used other ones like Adobe Spark. Uh, and things of that nature, but I always just kind of come back to Canva, to be honest with you.
0: I, I am a big, huge Canva fan. It is one of the few apps I'm actually a paid user for because I love that resizing feature. Um, everything you see on TeacherCast is, is Canva made, and I, I can't say enough about that app. Um, one of the other things that we were talking about, uh, you know, that I definitely wanted to touch, touch on tonight is this whole concept of, you know, using social media to your advantage, right? Um, many podcasters are popping stuff out on Twitter, on Facebook, but, but really to use it right takes a little bit of finesse. And you're doing some pretty interesting things to, uh, to kind of auto post your social media to kind of give you, I guess, some more time at home, some more time with your, with your family. Um, talk to us a little bit about the importance of automation,
1: yeah, so I do think that it is very important when you're putting content content out there to again, like go simple. You know, I I think I guess if there's one thing that at the end of this, uh your listeners, audience comes out with, it's that podcasting, blogging, any kind of content creation really only has to be as difficult and as time consuming as you want it to be. And I don't really want it to be. You know, I really do have fun doing it. It's, it's, a, it's a love, it's a passion, but I'm not spending all day every day doing what I do. So uh, I have a few systems that I like to use to automate my outreach, let's say, and, and my branding. So the first is social media. Uh, when I when you see me on Twitter or Instagram as leader of learning, if if I'm putting something out there, there's a darn good chance that that is not necessarily me posting every single time something goes out, but it's been automated, and I use a few different tools to automate my social media. Uh, the the best one I use is called Recur Post. Again, uh, free version, Uh, they do have some paid stuff, but I go with the free one. And what that allows me to do is create, um, I forget what they call them, but essentially I create different posts to go out on a schedule that I set. Uh, You can set it to go out to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the, the big social media accounts, and, and you just schedule it ahead of time, and uh, you can go back in and edit all you want, but whenever that post is set to go out, it goes out, and uh, you don't really have to worry about it too much. I also use, in addition to that, uh, IFTTT, or uh, the long form version of that is if, th- if this, then that, and uh, I guess to, to not confuse people too much, basically, That's just a way of establishing rules. They call them applets. Each applet will allow you to set a rule that says, if I do this, then this will occur. And so, for example, I will use recur post to post to my Instagram account, which automatically via an applet in IFTTT will send to my Twitter feed. And will also send, if I use a certain hashtag, to my Facebook page. So I don't want to get, this is kind of getting a little technical and I don't want to confuse anyone, but basically uh, those two systems work really well together. I establish my posts in recur post and then I use IFTTT to push everything out automatically.
0: I, I love using if this, then that. I was actually tweaking my settings on this today. Uh, one of my favorite recipes that I'm thankfully I set up back in 2014 was um, anytime somebody follows you on Twitter, automatically add it to a row in a Google Sheet. And I think over the last couple, of, I'm up to like, you know, seven or eight Google Sheet, like, you know, it bottoms out and then starts another show. But now I have, you know, Google Sheets with who, what, where, when, um, you know, whatever your link is to your website, all that stuff gets collected into a sheet. It's been pretty neat. I don't do very much with it, but hey, now if I ever want to find, you know, tech coaches who follow me, I can just sort the sheet and boom, I can now find a podcast guest for my tech coach show or a a podcaster for this show. You know, there's a lot of different ways that you can use that stuff. It is Um, really neat. And I mean, if
1: you you go on If This Then That, you'll see they use, there are, so many different services that that are part of that, and you can even create your own applets that they call them you know everything from social media to uh to to do list to uh i mean even um i can't find the right term voice assistance yes you know you could if you have one of those. I won't say the name, but if you have one of those made by Amazon or if you have one made by Google, it doesn't matter. You can even program it to do different things with your voice assistants. It's it's really amazing. It really is. And you don't have to pay anything
0: no. for that. And I love the ones – I don't know how annoying these things are, but, you know, if it's under a certain degree outside – you know, text me in the morning to let me know that it's raining. You know, one of those, it's just, there's a lot of neat things on there. We've, we've done a few podcasts over the years on if this, then that, but all good stuff. Um, Hey, Uh, you know
1: what? I'm actually going to, I'm going to help your listeners and my listeners at the same time. There's even an applet that you can use. And I'm probably the only one who uses it for my show. That's okay. Again, I'm my biggest fan. Um, I've actually have an applet in there that is uh, set to, send me a push notification on my phone every time uh, something new drops on a certain RSS feed. So mm. of course, I have it set to the RSS feed on my podcast. And every time a new episode comes out, of course, I know about it already. But I like to get the little push notification on my phone just to look cool.
0: Now, can you share those? I, I got to ask, Like, can, can, you, can you put that in a blog post that says, you know, click here and every time one of my things happens, then you'll get it or is that is that just that's personal an, that you can do that?
1: That's an amazing question. Hey, challenge, let's try that cha- together. Challenge accepted. I, I'm going to definitely find that out. All
0: right. Now, the other thing that you and I both have in common are WordPress and WordPress plugins. Um, you and I are both a big fan of Revive Old Posts plugin. I, I used that thing for, oh gosh, seven years. I actually, to be honest with you, I, I recently deleted it. Like I only deleted it like a month ago. I actually
1: recently had to reach out to them because it wasn't working. No, they are. And, um, I should have done it quicker than I did, but, uh, it wasn't working and I was starting to get pretty frustrated about it and really all I needed to do. And I think this is because I do use it so much and I've been using it for a while. I needed to actually up my memory, uh, storage limit on WordPress in order to get it to start working again.
0: That was one of the reasons why I stopped. Is as soon as it starts slowing down your website, it's not worth it.
1: Yeah, but, but no, it's a it, great
0: plug-in. It really is.
1: It is. And so just to talk about that for a second, basically, um, if you're if you're like me, you're like Jeff and, and some of the other podcasters that I know we hang out with, um, if you put your episode or your show notes um, out as a blog post, then what this plug-in on WordPress will do is it will recycle those old posts that you have pushed out on your on your site so for example uh, my latest episode came out last Monday and uh, so basically moving forward now I won't have to republish those same notes but automatically Revive old posts will say, okay, this is one of your, and I have it set to um, anything that's in the category of podcast episodes. So uh, WordPress and the Revive old posts plugin will recognize, hey, that was a post that's in that category, and they will recycle it. And I have it set to recycle every, I think, 12 hours. So basically, twice a day, I'm automatically sending out <laughs> old posts. <laughs>
0: I I kinda had mindset for every twenty minutes. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. You're definitely overloading the system there. Definitely overloaded the system on that one. Um don't do that one at home if anybody's trying it out there. That that's that is how you slow down your system 'cause um well we don't we don't need to get into what, what what's called a cron job, C R O N, but that's don't don't do it every twenty minutes. Um but no, but trust me, that plug-in does work. Now, I I I wanna I, I wanna kind of wrap up here with with the the newsletter topic, right? This is something that we were talking about the other day on Voxer. Everybody seems to have an opinion on it. I, I wanted to kind of get into a little uh, conversation with you. You are a newsletter person, I'm on your website, it pops up, you know, join my newsletter. What are your thoughts on newsletters, on podcasting? What should a what should a podcasting newsletter be? Um Take it away dan what do you think all right so i'll admit i don't think i'm like a a
1: professional uh newsletter kind of guy but what i really enjoy about doing it is i think the newsletter is almost the ultimate uh community builder you know people who are really invested in the show and in me as the host or any podcast host I think they need that, dare I say, more intimate kind of outreach and communication. And so uh, after doing starting my show and doing it for a little while, I realized I think I'd like to put out a newsletter. And it started really slow in terms of the number of subscribers, uh, but it's definitely growing all the time. And I like to use a program called MailChimp. Um, I don't know that there are really many reasons why I prefer MailChimp over anything else because I haven't really tried anything else. But what I do really like about MailChimp, and I use this a lot, you know, talking about automation again and making things really easy, not having to spend too, too much time. Once I got a little bit familiar with how to lay out an email in MailChimp, I created a template. So every time I push out show notes, which is every two weeks in my case when I do a new episode, the template looks the same, and I just have to go in there and edit a little tiny bit of information, uh, copy and paste the show notes from my website or or a Google Doc that I create, and it's ready to go. So I love using Mailchimp, and and especially for that template feature.
0: I I I agree with you on that. You know, having something that is personalized out to your users. I mean, look, everybody has an email address, right? So it's a matter of how do you change that? Because not everyone's going to listen to your podcast each week. Not everyone's going to even know that your podcast is downloadable each week. But everybody gets an email and everybody can see when things are out there. And, you know, if you guys are out there looking for information on newsletters, um, please let us know. That's why we have our, you know, our website, Educational Podcasting, today. You can, of course, check that out. We've got some great uh, features on there for some of our favorite email programs. I love MailChimp. It is a great place to get started and to, to use those templates. And, and they're visually really nice looking, too.
1: Yeah, I feel like they're they're actually kind of upgrading and updating all the time. Uh their own branding and their own logo updated not too long ago and that looks really nice too. I think Mailchimp does a a really good job with that. You know, first of all, uh you said it a minute ago and I just want to reiterate. I don't necessarily take the time as often as I should on my own show to say this, but if anyone has any questions as technical as you want about podcasting, starting a show, equipment, all of the things we talked about with automation. I know, Jeff, that you'll, you'll have the information up there, but definitely reach out to us. I say it on my, I do say this on my show, you know, I love hearing from listeners and, and audience members, not just, uh, not just a retweet on Twitter, but you know, really reaching out, uh, not just subscribing to the emails either, but sending an email, you know, shoot me an email, uh, drop me a, a message on Voxer. I, I'd love to, you know, that's one of the things too about creating content. I love when people reach out to me and say, how can I get started? You know, you were talking about the person who started their first show and then went on to their second show. You know, I can name, I don't know, at least, uh, three, four or five people that I know for sure said, Hey, Dan, how can I do it? And now they have their own podcasts and, and I'm pretty proud of them. But, um, you know, I know that, that I played at least a small role in getting them started and now they
0: just taking it and run with it. And, and, and that's really what I think is rewarding about all of this, you know, um, going to an ed camp, helping somebody learn how to do this, go into a conference and meeting somebody and they say, hey, how can I do my show better? And you get a chance to work with educational podcasters. That is the reason why we started this show. That is the reason why this show exists. If you guys are looking to out there, make a podcast, check out this great stuff that Dan's doing. Um, of course, you can go over to educationalpodcasting.today. Or again, if you're looking to do stuff in your classrooms, go over to podcastingwithstudents.com. We've got some great stuff. Now, Dan, you are not prepared for what's coming to you, but we have a a, a podcasting challenge for you if you're interested in accepting the podcasting challenge. Would you be up for accepting a challenge today? I think so. I, I hope so. We have a tradition here that not not everybody gets a chance to do this. show. Um, uh, you know, I'll tell you, Danny Bauer didn't get this opportunity. Dr. Will didn't get this opportunity but you my friend i'm gonna i'm gonna bestow upon you the amazing opportunity to take what we call here the jersey five five questions that every podcaster every educator needs to answer are you interested in taking the jersey five today
1: i am wow that's a lot of pressure i'm a big fan of danny bauer as i said and dr will i heard the episode you did with dr will was amazing by the way he's he's great so yeah
0: it it was pretty dope don't you think definitely dope definitely dope i don't know what that means all right so the first question is this what is your favorite twitter account or hashtag to follow
1: oh wow um this is my, the easy question can, I, i'm going to i'm going to try both let's see my favorite twitter account to follow um Man, there's so many. It's so hard. I'm gonna say. I, I'm just gonna go with uh, Dave Burgess. I, I think. I think that guy is just. I like. I feel his energy through Twitter. It's. It's crazy how much energy that guy has. You know, he's the the pirate himself. Favorite hashtag. Favorite hashtag. Um, you know what? This is sort of an oldie but a goodie. I love this uh, this community. I'm gonna go with lead up chat hashtag okay. lead up chat.
0: All right. Uh, number two here, and this can be podcasting related or not. That's certainly fine. Favorite educational tool. The, you know, again, you're on, a, you're on an island. You had to take one thing with you.
1: That one's easy because I have such a love for it. I'm a pioneer. I got to go with Nearpod. I love Nearpod. How come? When I started using that in my classroom, it was right around the time that my school was starting to go one to one. And even though we were having still some technical issues, uh, that app for me the fact that I could present on each device and, and every device was locked into exactly what I was doing at exactly the same time uh, it, it opened up like my eyes to the world of educational technology and and really started to show me what true student engagement was uh, through technology and uh, long story short there was one day where I had to leave the classroom for just a short period of time maybe 15, 20 minutes. My principal actually covered my class and literally I handed him my presentation remote and I said, you know what? Everything is in this Nearpod presentation. It's super interactive. The kids will know exactly what to do. Here you go. Here's the remote. All you need to do is click through it. He did. And when I came back 15, 20 minutes later, he was like, oh my God, this is awesome. And that was like one of the, one of the moments that just really hooked me into it. But yeah, Nearpod is like my go-to.
0: That is an awesome, awesome story. All right. They're gonna get harder from here. Question number three. What is the best advice you have ever been given as a podcaster?
1: Mm, the best advice I've been given as a podcaster, uh, I think, and I and I've kind of alluded to it before, is just really make the show something that you enjoy, you know, and, and basically just do it for you first. Uh, before for the audience you know I I actually was gonna mention this a minute ago and I didn't just I think for anyone listening who has a podcast or is thinking about starting a podcast don't worry and cuz we haven't really talked about it much tonight either don't worry about the statistics the download numbers I, I briefly mentioned the number of subscribers on my newsletter but I didn't tell you what it was don't worry about that stuff just do a show put out content that you're proud of and most importantly that just means a lot to you and that you're going to learn from.
0: You know, I have the same advice when people ask me about my family. They say, how many kids do you have? I say, I don't worry about that. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, you got uh, you that's some, that's some crew you got there.
0: We, we don't talk about that number. All right, here we go. Number four, what do you hope your, and I, I changed this around, but let me make this podcasting related. What do you hope your podcast listeners remember about you when your show is over?
1: Ooh, that's like a legacy kind of question. When my show is over, I, I would don't mean really... like at the end of like, you yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. I don't mean
0: like three years from now. I mean like, you know, they're at the end of the show, they're done. I want, you want them to think about something and, yeah. and Casper mattresses is not the answer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do have run some, some ads at the end of the show. So maybe it's whatever, uh, whatever <laughs> they decide to play at the end, but no, uh, you know, this goes back to the branding thing. I think for me, um, you know, it kind of gets back to my little catchphrase. It's where educators can come find inspiration. So I want them to leave with inspiration to in some area, to some degree, feel like they can play a part in literally transforming education. And and I don't care whether that means transforming education in one classroom or one school or across the country. Heck, you know, I mean, I communicate with people all over the world. I know there are people who listen to the podcast from around the world. So on as small a scale or as large a scale as possible, definitely just coming out with some form of inspiration where someone feels like, you know what? I can do it. I am a leader
0: and and here's how I can show it. And the last question here, what is the best teachable moment you've ever had? The best teachable
1: moment I ever had um, I think honestly and man, I hate to like end on this note, so we'll have to figure something else out in the last couple <laughs> of minutes that we have, but um, I live pretty darn close to Newtown, Connecticut, and even though I was working in the Bronx in New York at the time, I just think when that that Newtown uh tragedy happened back in twenty fourteen I was a I, for me personally, I just felt a huge responsibility to turn that moment into a teachable moment um, when it you know as it relates to kindness and uh, and, and mental health especially and, and just seeking help when when stuff gets rough and and, and things are just not going your way. So uh, I'm sorry to get heavy on you, but I just that to me stands out as like the moment where I just had to take, Take something, unfortunately, it was a tragedy, but just turn it into something.
0: Dan, you are doing a good job at this, but you know what? I know it's called the Jersey Five. We actually had a listener here uh, bring in one question. Would you mind taking a listener question here? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, This is from uh, Miss Valerie Lewis. You might uh, recognize her from the the podcast that you do, the Leader of Learning podcast. I believe she was a guest on your show. She asks here, as a leader in learning... With an official title as administrator now, because you are an admin, what things have changed for you and what things have remained the same?
1: Yeah. So, first of all, I love Valerie. She's my girl from uh, Passoscope EDU. And, and, of course, like we said, she was a guest uh, sort of early on in, in the show, actually. She just does amazing things. And she is kind of a, a recent admin as well uh earlier this year taking on a role as assistant principal so she could probably answer this too but i'm on the hot seat so i will say that what has not changed for me is that aspect that uh i talked about before of being a lifelong learner you know and really trying to inspire the teachers that i work with to just keep on learning and and pushing themselves to grow just like we want them to push their students um and so i think what else has not changed about me is you know i'm basically stepping out of an instructional coaching role and i'd like to think that i bring a lot of that coaching aspect with me into my role as an administrator now um and i think it's working out pretty well so far although it's kind of early on and honestly i think it probably can only get better from here what has changed is of course uh i have you know crossed the line so to speak uh from teacher to administrator so there's a technicality that says that if I technically stay in a teacher's classroom longer than I think it's 15 minutes that I am supposed to observe them. So it's a little bit more challenging to coach teachers, uh, through like co-teaching or demonstrating in their classrooms, but I don't necessarily expect a whole lot of resistance to that. It's just a little bit tricky. Um, and and of course, being now in a role where I do have power, evaluative powers uh, that I'm using to observe teachers and quote unquote assess their teaching and their lessons, um, it just put it, it, it's just a different relationship. Uh, not that it's not a good, strong relationship. It's just different. I'm not gonna lie. You know, I, when you're doing it as a teacher or even an, an instructional coach who's not an administrator, it's different. And, and you're more at the same level uh, as an administrator, no matter how you slice it, it's, it's just different. Um, it's it's a little bit challenging. But um, again, you know, I think for me, the mindset is just to use the evaluation process as an opportunity for coaching where needed as necessary. And I think it's been working so far.
0: The website is called leaderoflearning.com. The podcast is Leader of Learning. Dan Krynas, thank you so much for your time today, and thank you for creating some great podcasts for the educational community.
1: Thank you. Thank you for giving me this time. Thank you for reaching out to your listeners and shedding some more light on my show. Hopefully, some people took uh, what I was talking about in terms of, you know, branding your your content and, and automating, you know, if you're into that sort of thing and you're putting out there social media posts or, or anything uh, website related, automate your stuff. You know, why, why make it harder on yourself? Just go easy, go cheap. You can do it. It can look good. It can sound good. I promise you. Uh, I'm doing it. I'm not saying I'm a professional, but I'm saying I'm keeping it on the cheap and, uh, and easy and not too time consuming because I got a dissertation to write <laughs> and, uh, wow. Yeah. That takes up a lot of time, but anyway, it, it can be done.
0: And of course if you're out there looking to create your own podcast in your own studio or of course with your students, we want to hear from you. We want to feature you on our educational podcasting today show. Just drop us a line over on Twitter at podcasting today. Email us over at feedback at teachercast.net, or if you're looking to ask us any questions about how to make a show, how to design your website or even a little bit of educational branding, you can of course go to teachercast.net slash voicemail and leave us a voice message today. We want to again say thank you to Dan for taking the time out of his day to come on the show to us. Uh, Check out Leader of Learning Podcast. Lots of great stuff over there. And on behalf of everybody here on the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students.